Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Just going back to the Jeopardy thing, just what does this opportunity mean to you to get to host it? What has that show meant to you over the years? I'm really excited about it. Uh, We've been uh, talking about it for a little bit. Um, I think I may have jumped the gun a little bit, so I apologize to Jeopardy uh, if they wanted to announce it. I just got so excited on on the show earlier. (laughs) It kind of just went down the last couple of days, us us figuring it out. So it is very exciting. It's for the offseason. We'll we'll be even more excited uh, when that opportunity gets a little closer. But, man, the show has been so special to me over the years. It's been a staple. Uh, at my house here in Green Bay for the last 16 years. Oh, it's been a staple for Aaron Rodgers. He'll be a staple for the next two weeks as the guest host yes. on Jeopardy. Yeah, buddy. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we get to important football-related matters and the various takes that will flow therefrom, including the question I posed on Saturday of whether or not Aaron Rodgers would actually retire from football to take the job hosting Jeopardy if it were offered to him. You and I have discussed that before. I want to revisit that. I have to know, were chocolate-covered pretzels consumed by you yeah. on Easter Sunday or at any other point this weekend? They were. They were They were consumed. I meant to do it on Saturday night, so not going to lie. A little disappointed I didn't do it then, all right? But yesterday, it was at the my sister's house, Deirdre, right? She hosted Easter. Great time. We made a, She made a great meal. But... So there's chocolate covered pretzels and, you know, your your biggest defender. And like now, I mean, more loyal to you than to me and my family, my aunt Wendy. Uh, she Good to me. She's like, well, you better try these pretzels. Did you try your pretzels yet? She's all over me. Did you send a video to Florio? I mean, she wants to know it all. So I I ate a bite. I made a video, but. I think powers to be here at NBC didn't think I looked quite 100%, all right? It was retox time. It was Sunday, all right? So I made a funny video, made some snarky comments. I liked it, but it's not going to make air. <laughs> so two questions. Yes. First, did you like the chocolate-covered pretzel? It's, it's, I get it. I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I really think it's the but, salt with the chocolate is just not going to make me love it, but I did wow. like it. I did like it, yes. Wow. Right. Question two, yes. given that the pretzel under the chocolate is baked, right. were you more baked than the pretzel? That I, You'd have to ask people that were there, but I think some <laughs> would agree. Yes, <laughs> I think some right. would agree. All right. All right. I, uh, I, uh, I get it, Actually, though. did not have chocolate pretzels yesterday. I got a pack of them. I sent you the photo of the pack that my wife gave me for Easter. I yes. am saving them for a day when there will be less total food consumption so I can properly enjoy the chocolate pretzel. So I'm glad that you at least liked it. 
it's either like or don't like. Didn't have to love. Yes. At least you get it. You understand I why your daughter, Charlotte, loved them. Right. Because there is a great combination there. Kids have crushed your, your milk chocolate bucket. The dark chocolate pretzels, that's still there. There's been a few eaten, but your milk chocolate pretzels... Kids have crushed it. It's at the bottom of the barrel already. So you, you did good there. You know, Uncle Mike, they've yet, you have yet to meet you, but now you've given them gifts. So you'll be like part good. of the family. You're good. Good. Just, just keep the dark chocolate pretzels away from the dogs. Okay. Dogs, got you. Got you. As much as they want it, you know, not good for the dogs. All right. What's good for us is two weeks of Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. And I, I will be watching it. I will be recording it. I will be enjoying it. And I think he'll be great. What struck me, Chris... A little mini media tour from Aaron Rodgers late last week aimed at creating some buzz. And in so doing, he spoke to Rob Demosky of ESPN.com. Aaron sounds very confident that he went in there and he hit a grand slam home run. And Aaron Rodgers, in my estimation, smart enough and sufficiently self-aware to know that he did, that he wouldn't be out there creating an unrealistic expectation right. if he wasn't completely confident that we're going to be blown away by his ability to come in and run the game the way that Alex Trebek ran it for decades. So I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised, to see the confidence that he exuded, the preparation he put into it, yep, right. and his estimation that the producers were blown away by what he did. So I, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I have a feeling we're all going to like very much what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. I, I don't doubt that one bit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Jeopardy. So like, I'm not a, re- like I've become somewhat of a regular watcher of the show. I'm very excited for it. Oddly enough, for the second time this show, it's my Aunt Wendy who got me into Jeopardy, you know. So uh, I am I am pumped, and I'm not shocked to hear, you know, him boast like this a little bit or for him to think this. I mean, first off, I, it sounds like he got some feedback. to go, Like they were like, wow, okay, you did a really damn good job. He is an NFL starting quarterback, so I'm sure they were a little bit worried about, like, going to commercials and how he would clean certain things up, the, you know, just the TV mechanics. But – He's Aaron Rodgers. You, one, know he's got great self-confidence, right? You know he's kind of like a psycho and perfectionist and going to study and try to do that type of stuff. And then he's got an unbelievable cockiness about him. Come on. Is there any any other great quarterback we've ever seen who's smiling more or getting hit during games and still like kind of laughing like, oh, this is fun out here. You guys are working, but this is fun. I mean, it's just the attitude I expected. So I am kind of excited to certainly be watching it tonight, no doubt. My, my only concern when I look at what he said and yeah, what he did, I took right. pages and pages of notes. I wrote down every affirmative that Alex Trebek said to any type of clue. I wrote down how he would respond if they didn't get it right. I wrote down beat points of the show. I wrote down all the different ways he would take it to break. I wrote down the stuff he said coming out of break. Literally, I studied for this like no other. I wanted to absolutely crush it. It can't be Aaron Rodgers pretending to be Alex Trebek. Yeah, right. At some point, he's got to make it about himself. him yeah. being the host of Jeopardy. But maybe the transition and maybe the wisdom of it is if you started off with that familiarity and if you get people to say, hey, I, hey, wait a minute, there's something, you know, they have that recognition that this feels like it felt all those years, that yeah. you do that right. and then you make it your own at some point during the course of the two-week run. And even though it will play out for two weeks on our TVs or whatever device we watch TV on nowadays, it was something that was done in two days. That's the beauty of the game Crazy. show host right. gig. Right. You work one day a week. You work one day and you get the whole week in the can, and then you got the rest of the week to do whatever you want to do. In that regard, it's a lot like football. It you sounds work good. One day a week, although, although although you still work in between. There's one day when you really have to perform. And and Chris, I'm telling you, I, I watched a little bit of Doctor Oz as the guest host, and he was the guest host the last two weeks. And of course, with Rogers with this media blitz and us talking about it, you're welcome, Aaron. It's going to get more people to watch it, and the ratings sure. are going to spike, and that's right. going to that's going to catch the eye of the producers. If he did as well as he seems to think he did, 
how do they not look at the full range of guest hosts and say who stands out, who should be the permanent host? He's got to be in consideration for it. And people think that's crazy to suggest. Somebody's going to be the next host. Yeah. And and a small list of somebody's was on the roster of guest hosts. So the universe can't be gigantic. It's not like they're they're, you know, doing a nationwide sweep of the right. next Jeopardy host. They've got a list of obvious finalists under the guise of guest hosts. So if he really did kick ass the way that he thinks he did, what happens if they and Packers fans think I'm trolling them or him. I think it's an obvious conclusion to the confidence he's exuding about the performance we haven't seen yet. Well, yeah, that if he I really did right. blow it away, they may want him for the job. Well, they may want him for the job. I mean, he is excited. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's certainly showing us that, like that this is something he didn't just, hey, I'm going to go in there and kind of wing it and see how it goes. He obviously invested some time in studying as he like laid out there what he did, writing notes and all that type of stuff. But like, okay, so so if he kills it this week, they offer him the show. Uh, I mean, first off, I want to know how much does that guy make? How much is the uh, the does he make us? Does he make NFL quarterback money? Because that's the first thing we got to ask to figure this situation out. Well. I did a little research over the weekend. Right. Somebody okay. told me that Alex Trebek was making ten million a year. I saw as high as eighteen million a year. Okay. So I'm at least willing to stipulate it's eight figures. Yeah. Plus, okay. plus, once you have that job, right? You you can have it for forty years. I mean that that's the thing. This isn't I know an NFL shelf life type gig. This is the ultimate post playing job for someone who has said, Chris. On multiple occasions, he's got no interest climbing into a broadcast booth where Tony Romo's making eighteen million a year. Right. So you go to a different route. You stay in TV. You make gigantic money, and and you do it for thirty or forty years, assuming that the show continues to be viable. And in this age of fracturing of the audience, Jeopardy is as popular as ever. People are still finding ways to watch it. They're just watching it differently than they used to. Yeah. And the show has has thrived like no other game show. So he gets that spot. He runs with it into his 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s if he wants to. That, that That's so. And that, I that's why I raise. I hear you. But here's, here's why I raise the question. If the door opens for him. Right. Between now and September. And he says, no, thank you. It's probably the door may forever. close. Yeah, forever. Maybe. It may, the, the, the only way that it wouldn't is if whoever gets it flames out quickly because that person can't can't deal with the pressure of following Alex Trebek. Right. And within two or three years, it's just, you know, we got to go to somebody else. Just like a great coach. It's hard to follow a great coach. It's hard to follow a great quarterback. It's high. And what what Aaron Rodgers followed a great quarterback in Green Bay. He knows all about picking up the baton for a great quarterback and moving on. So I think he'd be fine, but others may may falter. That would be his only hope if he said no, that whoever gets the gig flames yeah. out in a few years and they come back to Aaron Rodgers. But that's a, that's a hell of a roll of the dice for a job that he apparently covets. And and, I, and look, it's we, we have to have that on our radar screen. It's not trolling. It's reality. If they would offer him that job, what would he say? And I, I think you got to at least consider – the possibility he'd say yes. I, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I think like I would sit there and think, okay, I would consider the possibility of him saying yes if this was like maybe two or three years down the road. But like at this point, right now, MVP season forty-eight and five. You know, it's the second year of going thirteen and three. They're so close. He's so good still. You can only play football so many years like you're talking about. I mean, I would still imagine this is what he is and wants to do and his passion as cool as like Jeopardy is. And I'm sure there is a real passion and, and, and probably a real wanting to like maybe dive into that and do that. I just still think this is a guy that has a burning to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I think he still looks at it and goes, wait, I can still win a few more MVPs, and I still got a chance to win a Super Bowl or two. 
and climb the That's list. Not gonna, is that going to make him the quarterback? If no, he wins a Super Bowl or two, with no, Tom Brady at seven, no. is that going to make him the greatest quarterback of all time? No, not in most people's eyes, no. But, you know, he'll have people like me here touting his, you know, and, and saying it. I'll, I'll, I'll continue. But I, I just think you only have these amount of years to play. There's only so much you can play. I think he loves the game too much. I would just be shocked at this point. You know, if we were a little closer to 40, and this was like hanging out there, maybe we would do it. But I just think he's still looking at it like he's got stuff to prove and things he wants to do with his career before he's ready to be, you know, Alex Trebek quite yet. Well, I don't I don't think that it's an easy answer because he's smart enough to I hear know that. Right. when that door opens, it's a big you door have that's to cool. make the decision. Right. Yeah. And and uh what what are you gonna regret more? over the balance of your life, not sticking around for a few more years in the NFL or passing on something that could be a multi-decade opportunity to live out a dream and and have quarterback money-ish for decades to come and also a very high profile and a big platform without having to be involved in the sports world, which he said he doesn't want to do. That's the key. What else is Aaron Rodgers going to do in media that isn't sports media other than host Jeopardy. That's the key. Now, now maybe he could. Do, maybe he'll end up hosting a late night show. Maybe he'll end up on the evening news somewhere. Maybe the guy can do anything. Yeah. We've always looked at Peyton Manning as the example of someone who can thrive in whatever he chooses to do. I think that's a mindset that we need to apply to all the great quarterbacks. Sure. That they can probably transfer the skills that made them great, even though it ultimately starts with the arm. There's so much more that goes into it than that. That there are transferable skills, whether it's Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, the list goes on and on. The great quarterbacks probably are set up to be successful in whatever they want to do. Yeah. But if he wants to host Jeopardy, if he wants to host Jeopardy, the the uh the moment to make a decision if offered, it, it won't matter if it's not offered. Yeah, if it's right, offered, right. that's what's an issue. He was on ESPN with Kenny Mayne, and he was asked about his future with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said, so far it's definitely been my team. I said last year I didn't know if it was actually possible to be able to finish there in Green Bay. I still feel that's kind of where we're at. I don't know that a lot of that is in my hands. I guess we'll just kind of see as we go. And This guy's coming up on one year of feeling like his future is not in his hands because of the drafting of Jordan Love, because of the questions that have continued to linger, because of the fact that the Packers didn't come to him this offseason and say, let's minimize your cap number for 2021 so we can go out and get more players. And in turn, we're necessarily bound to you for two more years, not a year-to-year type of a thing. He's smart enough to process all that. He's smart enough to see which way the wind's blowing. Yeah. And the, the one way, Chris... That, that he can give the folks in Green Bay who are showing some degree of ambivalence to him, the people in the organization who aren't willing to make that multi-year commitment, the up-your-butt-Joe-boo yeah, move, right. pardon me, on a Monday morning, would be to, to, to go take over Jeopardy. Yeah. That, would be the, that would be the best exit for him. That no, Who could criticize him? Who from the past? He's not going to be the Brett Favre pariah. It's not, not like he went to play for the Vikings. He exited altogether to an equally significant platform that he's going to have for years to come. Well, I, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe he could do that. You're right. And not ruffle like as many feathers with the fan base and things like that. But at the same time, if if he wants to make like the ultimate like up your butt Joe Boo type of move, right? And really stick it to the Packers. That means, no, he would not co-host Jeopardy. It means he would go to another team here when it's all said and done and be like, oh, yo, okay, you guys want Jordan Love? That's good. Um, yeah, I'm still playing at an MVP level, and now I'm going to go play at an MVP level somewhere else, and we're going to win football games. And now you got to deal with that talk, Green Bay, you know, because this will be different than, again, like we've talked about before with Brett Favre. This is different. He's Brett Favre kept – showing opening the door and going look I can walk out look I can walk out here's the door look I can walk out Aaron Rodgers on the other hand they're showing him the door they're like here's the door it's cracked open it's it here we go you're going right down that hallway there's a different thing there to where Green Bay fans would be crazy to be critical of Rodgers of anything he's done uh, if he did anything to this you know after this is what I'm saying makes a decision to host Jeopardy whatever it may be 
He's been put in a corner. He's in a tough situation. He's the best player on the team, and it's one of the few thing, few situations in the whole league where the best player on the team is being made feel like by the team that, eh, we like you just here for a little bit longer, and that's about it. And there's not too many scenarios about that, or scenarios like that around the league. And I think that probably does drive him crazy, and I think it should give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess is what I'm saying with the Packer fan base if this ever did come to this. I think more importantly than the Packers having the, well, we just want you here for a little bit longer mindset, I think there's a manipulation involved, and it emanates from CEO Mark Murphy, who knows, I've said this before, that sweet spot of pissed offedness that you want to keep Aaron Rodgers in, where he's agitated by the situation just enough to be awesome on the football field, and keeping him stirred up is what gets him in that zone. Okay. And look at what it did last year. Look at what it did. Yeah. And I think Murphy wants to keep him just pissed off enough to do it again this year. And Chris, something occurred to me. Right. You know, we we assume that the folks who run Jeopardy are going to make some hard line thou shalt give us an answer by July 31 or something like that. Rogers could broker a deal with Jeopardy where they just kick the can through the end of the year with guest hosts and he says after the season ends, give me one more season. After the season ends, then I'll do it. He could do that. Maybe that's the compromise. One more year of football, and he tells the people at Jeopardy secretly, quietly, discreetly, that once the season's over, that's when he's going to step aside and become the, the host of Jeopardy. This all flows from the presumption that they want him. But again, if this guy's out there doing the advanced victory lap, think about that. He's doing an advanced victory lap telling everybody what a kick-ass job he did Whoa. hosting Jeopardy. Unless he lacks the self-awareness that I believe he has... He blew it out of the water, and they're probably going to want him. That's what this is all premised well, on. Well, let me ask you this. Do, do they do any of these press tours with the, uh, the like the Katie Couric's or the Dr. Oz's or anything like this? Like, I don't remember like hearing anything this aggressive. Like, I knew they were coming, but I, do, do you know? Seriously, did, did you hear like press tours like this with those that group? What are you giggling well, I'm about? Not, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with Katie Couric. I, I, I don't Katie know who Keurig? Katie Couric is. Katie Couric? I, I know who Katie Couric is. Couric? Okay. okay. Couric. All right. Close enough. All right. Close I enough. got it. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I, I don't – look, it's not like Katie Couric, Dr. Oz, whoever else has been the guest host. It's not like it's going to land on the sports media radar screen. I know. So I know. I just was if, wondering if, if there wasn't – but I didn't right. notice anything. I don't think Nothing I made either. it onto Twitter. I didn't see that, that Dr. Oz was hyping his two weeks. I mean, this is part of the – this is part of the strategy that Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to engage in. Well, hey, look, wait a minute. What, what's going to help me get the attention of the producers? It's comp- and even if he doesn't want the job, he's competitive. I want to have the best ratings that, of anyone who was sure. a guest host. So well, I'm going to go out and goose the ratings. Well, that's what I would think, though, that he is doing this because Jeopardy has also gone, wait, he did a really good job. We'd like to get his name out there and get a little like something behind the show when he hosts it. We thought it was really impressive. Aaron, would you mind talking to these media outlets? That I mean, you know, that's probably how it worked. I don't think he was calling up companies going, hey, guys, guess what? I was awesome at Jeopardy. Do you want to do an interview with me? I doubt it. I mean, maybe he's that cocky of a person. I know he's got great self-confidence. I don't think he's that cocky. I don't think he is. I would think something was, you know, this was brought to him by somebody. All right. And then here, last thing too, with their, not the last thing, but like to get back to your point with the Mark Murphy thing. Okay. There, there might be some logic to that. I hear you, but it's the last year you can do that crap. Mark Murphy, if that is the truth, the truth, or if that's what's going on where you're trying to find this sweet middle ground, this is it. I mean, this is the only year because after this, it's like, no, Aaron Rodgers is going to have the power in his court or have the ball in his court to do whatever he wants here because it's going to be like, first off, I don't think we think he's going to fall off a cliff. He's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in football, and they're going to have to make some sort of commitment or something here, or he's going to have to force his way. Like it, that, that honeymoon is over about saying like, oh, we're going to motivate you by kind of like, you know, keeping you in uncertainty land here all this time. So that that to me, too, is very, very real. And they better be careful with that because Rodgers might at the end of this year just go screw you guys. Yeah, I'm still awesome. And we're in the Super Bowl window. 
but you do nothing to really support me in free agency once again, and we'll see what they do in the draft. And he might just say the hell with it. I'm out of here. The thing I like about Aaron Rodgers the most is there are layers and levels, and there's a mystery there, and you never really know what it is that he wants to do, even though he'll say the things that he needs to say. I think deeper down, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And I'm telling you, he gets that opportunity. He gets that opportunity to host Jeopardy, and that changes everything potentially. And I could see it most if he wants that gig, him working it out so he could do one more year with Green Bay and then ride off into the sunset with or without a Lombardi trophy, but into a gig that he'll have for years to come and decades to come potentially if he really did as well as he seems to think he did. Speaking of one more year, the jury is still out on whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo will have one more year with the San Francisco 49ers. A report emerged over the weekend from Mike Giardi of NFL Media that the 49ers are looking for a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, as many have said in reaction to that report keep looking because you ain't going to find it asking for a first round pick though could be the precursor to settling for a two or a three or whatever you can get but you got to start somewhere you got to make it known this is what we want and hey if there is some sort of a fluke injury suffered by a quarterback during training camp like teddy bridgewater five years ago maybe you do get a first round pick for jimmy garoppolo but at least you put that price tag you put the retail price on him for a while, and then you worry about discounting it later, Chris. Yeah, right. I mean, yes, there's no doubt. I mean, I, first off, like, I agree with your first statement there. There's no way they're getting a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Unless it becomes some, you know, maybe they can get a few teams bidding after him, but I still don't think that's that's not realistic. You know, maybe the scenario you're talking about where it's, okay, let's keep him through, you know, training camp. And maybe a team does have a desperate Teddy Bridgewater-like situation. All right, then you get rid of them. But what if that doesn't happen? You know, the, what if that doesn't happen? Now, now, I mean, you're going to go into the year with him there. And even though, you know, it's like, hey, we kind of, you know, we wanted to trade you. You're here with us and all that. I don't know. Or they just cut him and they get nothing for him. So I think, like, you're right with what your thought is. is it's an asking price here. It starts here. I just don't think it's not even realistic to think that the first round pick is going to happen for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not when there's been 9,000, you know, red flares shot up into the sky out of San Francisco to go, we want another quarterback. We want another quarterback. We want another quarterback. So everybody knows, you know, that there's some sort of sense in San Francisco that they're trying to get rid of the Jimmy G, whether it's now, after the year, whatever that is. And and I just don't think they're going to get the price that, of course, we're, we're hearing about right now. Yeah, first-round pick is going to be way too much, especially when you have to deal with his contract, $25 million in total compensation due this year. But, again, it's just a, lot. a price tag. It's a price tag you hang on him, and, and maybe there's desperation somewhere, somehow, that triggers the kind of offer that is close to a first-round pick or could become a first-round pick. Well, Chris, this is the kind of trade yeah. that gets made maybe after the draft and it's conditional first-rounder next year if he plays sure. at least 14 games. If the team makes the playoffs, it goes from a three to a one. And I know teams don't like to tie up that many potential draft picks because then if you have a three or a two or a one that it can eventually be, you can't do anything with those three picks later in the year. You got to wait and see what happens. But still, something like that would be fair if it's post 2021 draft going into 2022, a conditional pick based upon how much he plays yeah. and how well the team does. But I still think desperation is what's going to trigger the market. A team that thinks maybe they're going to get a first round quarterback that they like and they don't, right? Or the, the Texans end up in a tailspin and they don't know what to do, and Deshaun Watson's gone, and they're, they're not thrilled with the idea of Tyrod Taylor being the starter, so they go get someone that Nick right. Casario knows. I, I, who knows? There's all sorts of, of ways that desperation can emerge, but I think that's the best way for the 49ers to get any real value for Jimmy Garoppolo. Someone else has to be sufficiently desperate like the Vikings were, extremely desperate late August, early September of 2016 to give the Eagles a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick for Sam Bradford so the Eagles could go 
with Carson Wentz right out of the gates as a right. rookie. And and also to add to that, Minnesota was in the window of like thinking, hey, we're kind of a Super Bowl team here, so we're really desperate. Like we 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 don't have a quarterback. We need somebody that can get us there. I mean, I think that was all part of that. You know, that's that that was a special formula to make that happen. You know, but I, I mean, again, I I just can't think of too many scenarios that are like this to where. You know, a team did get a first round for this caliber of player who's not always available like you're talking about, where we know the team is looking, you know, for other options at the position. All of those things, I mean, this they, they've lowered the value of what that trade is. That That's the big thing I think I come to. And then here, the other aspect I think that, you know, the 49ers will at least have to think about here as far as like what you're talking about, keeping teams desperate or the market high or whatever, because I'm with you. I think like ultimately it could be like a third round pick with like, hey, he played 14 out of the 16 games and now it becomes a second round pick. I think that's more like in line of what I would think it is. But I think you also got to keep trap, keep uh, keep track of the, the current market that's out there right now. What's going on? I mean, I would think. At some point here over the next three to four weeks, too, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo available for trade. I would think there's a good chance Sam Darnold's going to become available for trade. That's not going to help out the Jimmy Garoppolo trade market. Not at this point right now. I mean, that's one other seat that can be filled by, I think, a quarterback that teams are going to look at and go, he's a starter. He can play for us. We can go to the playoffs with that guy. So that element's in there, too. That's where the 49ers, they're going to have to be smart with how they played this. You know, yeah, you want to get teams and you want to get the ultimate, you know, price tag for the trade, but at the same time, you don't want to be so stubborn that you leave yourself out in the, you know, out in the cold, out in the dark with no business or nobody to talk to as far as getting the trade because, you know, you, you drew such a line in the sand for such a high price that, they, that other teams went other places to get a quarterback. Who's worth more? There are the numbers. Yeah. Darnold or Garoppolo. Who gets more in a trade? Mm. I I would. Mm, that's a really good one. I would think Darnold would. I would. Yeah. I just think with Darnold still like early in his career, I think there's been enough on film out there. You're going to watch it. And you're gonna, man, there's a lot to like, you know, and, and it, I think a, a really good football person is going to realize, too, he's been in a tough situation. There's no doubt. I mean, for me, Sam Darnold is clearly the more talented football player than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so I would think he could maybe, you know, ask for a hair more in the trade market than Jimmy G could at this point. Other side of that coin as well, and yeah. coin is the operative word here, Sam Darnold under a much lower salary this year than Garoppolo. Yeah, right. Garoppolo's at $25 million. Darnold's in the fourth year of a slotted rookie contract that doesn't pay out significant salary, but... Whoever has him under contract has until May 3rd to decide whether or not to pick up the option on 2022. And for the first time, that option, fifth year for a first-round quarterback, is not guaranteed for injury only. It's fully guaranteed, and it's going to be about $20 million for Sam Darnold. So you got to be ready to make that decision if he's under contract with yeah. your team. Right. I don't think the Jets, if they keep him, pick up the option. If you trade him, how do you not pick up the option if you give up a second-round pick? What, right. you're, you're right. picking up the guy for one year, and you're going to roll the dice? Although we've seen that. We've seen that dice roll before. We saw it most recently with uh, Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, where the Bears kept him for that final year. And, you know, hey, if he has a great year, then we got to deal with it. Right. Well, he didn't. And he walks away and they weren't on the hook for the potential fifth year option, which was injury guaranteed. The stakes are raised now because the guy's getting the money one way or the other. So that becomes a factor in this as well. But look, as this quarterback musical chairs has moved throughout the past month or so, there aren't many left. No. Uh, barring a trade of a Russell Wilson or whatever it is that's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, and yeah. we'll be talking about him later in the hour, that there aren't many guys left. It's and it really Carolina is and Denver, and right? I mean, who else are we yeah, missing, well, right? There aren't many seats and there aren't many guys. Right, right. So it's Carolina and Denver. I think we look at it as two teams that are probably still out there on the market. You know, yeah, minus like you're talking about, Houston, Seattle. Those are weird situations. Don't know how to go. But just teams we know that are looking right now to go – we need to either bring somebody in to compete or be our starter or whatever else. I mean, that, that that's the only two we're really looking at, right? I think it's I think that's it. I mean and, and to, well, Yeah, what? 
And you're right. No, but and if and we look at the board. Right. If we assume it's Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson right. to the Jets, someone else at quarterback to the 49ers, let's right. just say for the sake of argument, Mac Jones. You've been hearing Trey Lance possibly to the Falcons. That yeah. leaves Justin Fields for the Panthers or the Broncos. That means one of them's not going to get a guy in yeah. the top 10. Right. And that team may pivot to Darnold or Garoppolo at that point. Yeah. But, but but beyond that, there aren't many guys and there aren't many spots. And and that's where this gets interesting. But for now, the 49ers don't have to rush. I think you let it play out. You get through the first round of the draft and see who's still looking around yeah, for right. a quarterback option better than the guy they currently have. And that may be the way that they could get something mustered now. Or they can keep, keep waiting. You're taking the risk, Chris. If you let Garoppolo go... You're assuming that the guy you draft at three is going to be ready to go yeah. week one, yeah. and you don't have Garoppolo's insurance against that. Yeah, I, I know. that. That's that's where it's interesting. That's where I don't know what to think with the 49ers, what they're doing. It, it's also the reason why I think it is Mac Jones, okay? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah, of course, I know my friend and all those type of things, but I just think it makes the most sense from that standpoint, too. A team that's kind of ready with a quarterback that's NFL pro-ready, right away instead of you know okay what we get a fields or a lance who uh, as you've heard me say i think need a little i think there's a lot of people that think you know there's there's they might need a year or they need some work or whatever that so now you're going to keep jimmy g and then i just again i think it's a great risk because it's like okay yeah we kept jimmy g and here we are we're 12 and 4 with jimmy g our team was really good he didn't have that great of a year but we're 12 and 4 and he did good enough and watch out you know that I mean that to me puts you puts you in a really tough spot as an organization. So uh, we'll see. Forty ers got some tough decisions to make, and they're going to have to figure this out. Yes, absolutely. Other teams have tough decisions to make, including the Houston Texans and beyond the Texans, the National Football League, as it relates to the situation involving Deshaun Watson. Things changed on Friday night when the Houston Police Department announced that a criminal complaint was filed against Watson. When we return, we'll take a closer look at what we know and where things may go from here now that the 21 civil cases have been supplemented by a criminal complaint filed against Watson. We'll do that next on this Monday edition of PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Houston Police Department announced on Friday night that an investigation has been launched into Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. A criminal complaint filed. No names released. And... This comes only days after attorney Tony Busby, who represents 21 of the individuals who have sued Deshaun Watson, said he wasn't going to share evidence with the Houston Police Department, citing biases relating both to him and to Rusty Harden, who represents Deshaun Watson. Harden, for his part, issued a statement saying, we welcome this long overdue development. There's the statement from Houston police that popped up late Friday afternoon, early Friday evening. No further comment, but they do comment on the fact that the investigation has been sparked. There's Harden's statement. We welcome this long overdue development. Now we will learn the identity of at least one accuser. We will fully cooperate with the Houston police department. Now we will fully cooperate to me. Chris means that 
if they want to talk to Deshaun Watson, he's going to show up and talk. He'll waive his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and answer questions. And we don't know what will happen with that process. And again, the bar is much higher in criminal courts beyond a reasonable doubt. That is the standard that must be met. And prosecutors have very broad discretion when it comes to who gets charged, who doesn't get charged. A lot of prosecutors won't pursue a case that they think they may lose. They don't like to lose. Others will pursue a case just to make a statement, even if they know it's going to be difficult to get a conviction. And when it comes down to it, if the complaining party tells a very compelling story that doesn't have a lot of holes and if the thought is Deshaun Watson when it comes down to it won't get on the witness stand and subject himself to withering cross-examination at trial which many criminal defendants most criminal defendants will not do that maybe they decide to roll the dice I don't know and I'm not going to pretend to know and I think the truth is no one knows where this is going to go But it changes things. The fact that someone has filed a criminal complaint against Deshaun Watson changes things because as these civil lawsuits were piling up over the last three weeks, Chris, one of the things that people reacting to this were saying was, why didn't anybody go to the cops? Well, now someone did. So why, to a certain so let me extent, ask you this. That, that argument's off the table. Well, now. yeah. Why? Why now? Why does someone go to it now? I mean, just what's your thought there? For, for we don't know enough. We don't okay. know enough to speculate on yeah, that. Right. Is it? Is it one of the twenty-one looking to bolster? Yeah. Her case. Right. Or or is it somebody else who hasn't sued, who just has decided? You know what? Go this way. I'm more comfortable now. I wasn't comfortable before. This is a very difficult personal challenging sensitive topic yeah and a lot of people who do believe that they've been violated in some way in this type of a context won't do anything about it could it be and we again we don't know could it be that someone who feels that all of these other individuals are doing something i'm going to do something and i'm not going to file a lawsuit i don't care about that it really isn't about the money for me it's about justice and i'm going to choose to pursue my justice by filing a criminal complaint. We don't know at this point whether it's one of the 21 yeah. or whether it's somebody else. If it's somebody else, I think that on the surface, just knowing that, if we ever do know that, if it's not one of the ones who have sued and if it's somebody who never sues, that instantly carries you think a I, different level of credibility yeah, in the eyes say. of most people, I would say. Okay, you 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 think that's more damn, damning to, to Deshaun Watson if you got somebody like that? I think at a very superficial level, yeah. without knowing any of the facts, without having a chance to investigate or hear what the person's story is or where the, the gaps may be or the weaknesses may be, or ha- just the fact that somebody who chooses not to sue at a time when the train is rolling with 21 cars on it to not add car 22, but instead go to the Houston Police Department and file a criminal complaint. If, if that's the case, we just don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But it, but it would be odd. To say the least, if one of the 21 represented by Tony Busby, just days after Busby says, I'm not giving anything to the Houston Police Department because they have some sort of a bias against me and maybe a bias in favor of Rusty Harden, who represents Watson, that one of those 21 would break ranks. And Busby's been silent all weekend. Yeah, right. So if, if this was something where he had to change a heart, he would have said something. I would think based upon his past past history. But I, I just that to me is the biggest point of curiosity. Is it one of his 21 clients or is it someone else? Because if it is someone else, to me, it just has a different feel. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it does. It would have a different feel for me, too, if it was somebody outside of that box of where you just go, whoa, wait, this person's, uh, you know, like you said, they're at, they're in it for justice. Uh, that would be a little bit more that of type a, of justice. Yeah, right. There, you get civil justice. Yes, right. You that can get type criminal of justice. justice. Yes, that but type to, of to justice. To only focus on right. criminal when the civil justice train is already rolling. Right. That to me, it it, it obviously feels different. Yeah, the whole thing de- feels different now that there's a criminal case. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it kind of takes like you know the 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 selfish aspect out of it to where you're like, are they doing this for themselves or what? So that's where it would you know carry a little bit more weight. I mean, what are the positives for Watson? Right. Like with this, I mean, you know, I know they say they welcome this type of thing, 
But like, ultimately, why? What, what does it really help them with? The, the, as far as you know, his defense here with Rusty Harden. If they are convinced that he did nothing wrong, and that's what Watson has said repeatedly from the get-go, and there's been no opportunity to prove any of these allegations other than the back and forth in the court of public opinion that ultimately means nothing. From Rusty Harden's perspective, this is how you talk. This is what you say when you're trying to convince people your client is innocent. We welcome the investigation and we will fully cooperate to the extent that there is still an ongoing effort to score points in the court of public opinion, and surely there is, that's what you have to say. Now, how cooperative will they really be? We'll see. And if they're not cooperative, it's not like somebody from the Houston Police Department, or maybe they will, I don't know. I don't know anything about the inner workings of the HPD, Yeah. but let's say they're not all that cooperative. Are they going to leak to somebody? Well, you know, they said they were going to be cooperative, but they're really not cooperative. So yeah. the, 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 the bottom line is, this thing gets more complicated as time passes, not less complicated. And it's something that the NFL at some point is going to have to deal with. And, you know, Roger Goodell had a press conference last week in connection with the expansion of the regular season to 17 games. And look, that process, it's there's only so many people who can make their way through to ask a question. Nobody asked any questions about Deshaun Watson. And I don't know what, what he would have said anyway, but the chances of him not being asked about Deshaun Watson in the run-up to the draft, right? There, there's going to be other opportunities and there's going to be more and more questions. I sent an email to the league on Saturday saying, do you have an updated comment now that there's a criminal case? Nothing. Send it again yesterday. Nothing. Going to send it again after the show today. At some point, they have to say something because the filing of the criminal case changes things. And there's 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 a, a an issue that the NFL is going to have to deal with unless this somehow gets wrapped up and resolved before the start of training camp. This is something the NFL is going to have to deal with, Chris. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the the Houston Texans are going to have to deal with it. I mean, I, I mean, if you're the Houston Texans at this point, I think you got to start like thinking about arrangements for life after Deshaun or wherever that may. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, uh, to me, like, I just, I feel like it's over. It's over no matter what now in Houston with, with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. That's the way I feel. I just feel like even if, okay, whatever, this whole situation gets figured out, I can't imagine these two coming together and being like, all right, let's wipe it all, you know, under the bridge here and let's go back to the way things were. Like, it, the, to me, it's it's got to be to that point a little bit in Houston where you got to start thinking of like, all right, life after Deshaun. He's not going to be here. We have no idea where this whole the civil complaints or the criminal charges or anything are going to go. Either way, I would think he's going to get suspended at some point, and this isn't going to make things any you know rosier or anything like that with the rocky relationship to begin with. So that's where I look at it and just go, it, it's over, and they need to start making plans you know otherwise to to move forward with their future. Strangest possible outcome, yeah, to this would be. Watson realizes he's destined for the commissioner exempt list, so he shows up and reports to the Texans this year, and they pay him $10 million to not play yeah. in 2021. That would be the strangest possible outcome, and that may be the only way he gets paid by anyone this year at a time when he's going to need the well, resources to pay for his lawyer and to maybe resolve these cases through settlement. So that that's that's what's crazy. That's what's hovering over this. The possibility that the team he has no interest in playing for may end up paying him to not play in 2021. Well, I I still think there's a, a sentiment out there that he he, he that this is like going to go away in the NFL. I I'm telling you. I know. I don't either, Mike. I'm just telling you that there's there is a sentiment of people out there that have I think a little bit just go wait what's really going to happen as like questions you brought up like he's not going to jail for any of the things we've seen so far you can't do that so I think there's a little bit of that and I also think there's a little bit of thought of and lack of a better way to say this is this just is some young horny dude all right with a fetish all right uh, yeah and and yeah. again I don't look at it that way either obviously it's more serious but I I've I've heard that type of talk. 
And yeah, well, but that talk's alone. misinformed. But I, that talk's I hear misinformed. You. I know. Th- I know this is, is a serious matter right. with 21 lawsuits filed, a criminal complaint filed. It's not going away quickly. And anyone who thinks it is, is grossly misinformed. This is hanging around. And every time Watson's camp thinks they found a silver bullet, to some respect, it ends up being a boomerang. This is not a maze that he's going to get out of easily. And the sooner he accepts it, the sooner he lays the foundation to maybe somehow find an appropriate resolution right. before training camp opens. Although I think with each passing day, that becomes more and more difficult to accomplish. So anyone out there that thinks this is just going to be gone, it's not. It's I, I, I would bet the over on the amount of time that this is going to continue to hover for Deshaun Watson, for the NFL, for the Texans, and for the individuals who are seeking justice, whether in the civil system or the criminal system. We're going to take a break. More PFT Live right after this. As far as calling plays, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one calling the plays this year. Um, and, and so I know you'll, you'll probably be asking that uh, so we can you know, just let you know that from the front end. But that's that's an exciting thing for for um, for, for me to get back to knowing um, where we're at. And you know, it's it's uh, the, the fun part right now is building what we want to do better, getting that right with coaches and players that are going to be with us. What led you to the decision that you're going to take over back as the play caller? And, and I, what, how did the scheme evaluation lead to this kind of point? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, for, for me, again, without getting into too much of last year, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, um, you know, when we look through the scheme eval and where we're at, uh, it, it, was, it was for me um, just something that uh, I feel good about. And, and you know, it's... Uh, I'm not real. That that's like a, a minor deal for us right now. We're just going through all this stuff, this film, and seeing where we're at. We got bigger things to worry about than that. So it's just uh, uh, that's where we're at right now. Matt Nagy from at some point during Chris's three-day break, pina coladas, chocolate pretzels, and other things. Uh, quick reaction by you, Chris, to the news that Matt Nagy, Bears coach, is going to take back the offensive play calling obligations for 2021 until he surrenders them to Bill Lazor once again. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not show, I'm, I'm not shocked. I mean, I'm not. I mean, this is what he wants to do. This is why he's there. So, yeah, he, he you know, relinquished them at the end of last year and everything, and they had some good results. But still, offensive football is his baby. He, he wants that. He enjoys that. So, uh, yeah, he's going to jump back in there. My big thing and my big question would just be, you know, what offense are we going to see exactly? Are we going to see more of what we saw at the end of the year, which is a little bit more of a under the center, running the football, boots, play action passes? Or are we going to try to get back to, you know, the Andy Reid in the shotgun with Andy Dalton trying to run that type of offense and a little bit of what, like, Bill Lazor did with Andy Dalton when he's in Cincinnati? I don't know. That's where I'd like to know where this all goes for them. That offense is his baby, and as Elaine would say, some ugly baby. What's that? (laughs) Some snuggly baby. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.